You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Hi, my name is Ian Blumenfeld, and I am the research director for High Assurance Solutions at 2.6 Technologies. I always used to say when I was a kid, I want to be a scientist. And actually, I remember when I got my first business cards when I worked at CyberPoint, actually, uh, first time I ever had business cards in my life, I got them printed and my job title uh, was scientist. And I was like, sweet, I, I did it. I wanted to frame, I wanted to frame my, uh, my business card because I had achieved the goal of becoming a scientist. So when I got to high school, I was like, I really want to study chemistry. And I did chemistry and I really liked it. And I realized after a while playing around with chemistry that the part of chemistry that I really liked was called physics. And so in high school, I decided I changed, decided I changed. I was going to be a scientist, but I wasn't going to be a chemist anymore. I was going to be a physicist. I got to college and I started out and I wanted to be a physics major. I played around with physics for a while and I realized the part of physics I really liked was actually called math. And so... I ended up switching my major from, in fact, uh, from physics to mathematics. In my first semester of college, I kept getting more and more abstract, right? So I went from more concrete to more abstract, and I just kept going and going and going until I was just dealing with problems in like sort of pure logic. And that's kind of what I, what I wanted to do when I got to grad school. Um, and kind of that's what I did study in grad school. Well, so I got out of school. It was a very strange circumstance. I, I ended up leaving grad school before I finished my PhD. I was ABD. Um, I was in some per- personal life situations led to me leaving early. And uh, I left and I became a high school math teacher because I didn't know what else to do with my life. I like to joke that I, I, I did not have the temperament to be a high school teacher. I found this guy named Jim, and he had, ta- he had worked previously as, a, as an NSA mathematician. And he said, Ian... You are not happy as a math teacher, but you know what would make you really happy if you were an NSA mathematician? And I said, Jim, I don't know anything about cryptography. I don't know anything about computers. I, at the time, I really didn't know anything about computers. And um, he said, well, why don't you apply and take the test and see how you do? And so I kind of decided that I wanted to try to move on from teaching and see if I could try another career, you know, see if there was something else for me. I went through, I took the test, I did my interviews, you know, I, uh, I went through all of the security clearance stuff and um, I got hired and I started at NSA as uh, an applied research mathematician there. 
while I was there, I met a guy who was still at NSA. His name was Sean. And Sean did a little bit of, he, was, he did logic from like the computer science side. And I had done logic from the mathematician side in grad school. And he worked for this part of NSA called the National Information Assurance Research Laboratory, um, R2. And he was like, Ian, you should come do a tour with us. Um, you know, and what we did in R2 was we looked at various and sundry pieces of cryptographic software implementations or specifications. We made sure that the software was doing what the specification did. And I kind of fell in love with that because I, I just loved the idea that like there's code everywhere and it's buggy and it's broken, but sometimes something is just so important. You can't just test it this R2 kind of work. I did it like four times for four different offices, including it actually in R2. And then I got hired after my development program, I got hired directly into R2. I was in NSA for probably like four and a half years about. And then for a variety of, of, of silly reasons, um, you know, a lot of folks in NSA do this, they, they eventually end up leaving and going and working for, uh, going and becoming a contractor instead. And that's how I ended up at CyberPoint. So I took the job at CyberPoint. And then I, I think I worked there for, I worked at CyberPoint um, on and off. And I actually bounced around a few defense contractors, including a place called Galois, which worked with us when I was at NSA. Um, and then place called, and then Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. Um, I went to after a certain after a while, and I was there for about two years. I got a call from an old friend of mine who had worked with us um, when I was a Govy. Had said, "We need someone here at Apple who knows both formal methods and formal verification, like the high assurance stuff I did, as well as cryptography." And the person I thought of in the world who knew this stuff is you. And I said, "Well, I had never considered working at Apple. Like that's not a thing." that I, I, I thought was, was in, my, in the cards for me. I said, okay, let me see. I'll interview. And so I did. I interviewed uh, at Apple and I got the job. And it was really a tough choice whether we wanted to move because we had to move to Cupertino uh, in California, which was rough. It was really far from family. But we decided to go on a little bit of an adventure and we went out there for, for a couple years. You know, personal stuff, you know, sort of said... You know, I think I want to do this. I love this work. It's really fun. It's really impactful. But I really need to be on the East Coast. And I got called by a recruiter um, who sort of told me that this company called Two Six Labs was setting up a new group, and they really wanted to study cryptography. And would I come and be like the first employee? And I said, okay, but you guys don't have very much work in that area. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're you're going to win it for us. You're going to go build it. I was like, well, let's let's give it a try. And I joined. And I, I was working on other stuff. You know, I wasn't working on the sort of the sort of my stuff that was really in my wheelhouse for a while. But about about a year into my my tenure at Q6, and this was around two, 2019, we started winning stuff like left and right. Started winning all these contracts in my field in informal verification. And it was just like, oh, well, I got I got to start hiring people now because I have all these kind of work. I guess I'm in charge of some people. So I started like calling up all my old friends and I started being like, do you want to come work with me? And we started hiring and we did that for about, you know, did that for a little while and the pandemic hit. And then it was like, OK, well, that was weird. I have been phenomenally lucky in my life 
Um, and I don't want to presume that everybody else will get as lucky as I got. But here's what I would have to say. If you're a smart person and you have skills in coding, you can swim. So it's okay to jump. It's okay to jump into the lake. You can swim. Something will get you out. You will have, you will be able to find a job. So if you see something that looks cool, if you see something that advances you to the next stage of your career, if you have to take a little bit of a risk, it's okay. Because we are a very lucky group, us tech people. You have a lot of safety nets and I recommend you use them by taking more chances than you think you might need to or might want to. I like to make it so that people think of me as someone who helped turn a, a world where there was just a, a lot of places for people who could do bad stuff into a world where it was really hard for them to do bad stuff. I sort of have this philosophy in my group that we always say people first, science second, money third. And, you know, all three are important when you're running a company. But, but I think, I, I hope that, that that carries forward. Listeners, we're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. And now a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. <laughs> 